Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. If you're a Houston Texans fan and you're waking up this morning, you got to feel pretty good. Deshaun Watson, five touchdown passes, absolutely dominant performance by Deshaun Watson last night and a dominant performance by the Houston Texans who now have won five straight games and have moved to five and three overall. It was a big night in college football as well. The two biggest outcomes there, the West Virginia Mountaineers put a beat down on the Baylor Bears. If you're a West Virginia fan, you think maybe next weekend we can go on the road against Texas, get that win, and then maybe, maybe the road to the Big 12 title game is paved with a little bit of Mountaineer magic. We'll see. Best performance we have seen probably by West Virginia all season last night. They were really, really good, dominant, especially in the first half against Baylor. And got to be a little bit sad if you're a Virginia Tech fan over the performance that you saw from your team against Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets went into Blacksburg on a Thursday night and absolutely beat down Virginia Tech. Not much fight from the Hokies, particularly in the second half in that game. Those were the three biggest games that were going on last night. I mention all three of them because I bet on them last night on Lock It In. And I went 0-3. And sometimes you have an 0-3 night, and that was rough. So Friday, I've got to win. I also, by the way, called out Danny G. Did you appreciate that, Danny G, giving you a shout-out to blame on the show last night right in front of your girl, Rachel Manetta? You know, Clay, that is a bad move in front of one of my favorite Tinderonis. And if you're going to talk about me on FS1, I prefer that it's, you know, you checking on Rachel Bonetta's boyfriend to see if anybody has nutmegged him again recently, because when she's available and on the market, I'm going to step to her. Is she? Da- I don't even know who her boyfriend is. Is she dating a, a pro soccer player or something? I don't know who it is. She keeps it on the DL. She, she doesn't say his name on her account. 
Um, and she doesn't have pictures of him, but she references her boyfriend. Not that I've stalked her or done any background <laughs> checking. But she it. references her boyfriend in the she, context of soccer? I don't know about that. But, uh, okay. But See, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure on that because, like I said, I'm not stalking her officially. But yeah, the fact that you know she has a boyfriend is, <laughs> is, is evidence that you are, in fact, stalking her. Uh, she's, by the way, phenomenal on our show. She does a great job. Um, and uh, you should check it out. 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 uh, Pacific time, uh, all of that. Uh, and I've got to, I've got to step up my performance. I don't think there's any doubt. I've lost six straight weeks, five weeks, actually Whitlock set in for me and posted the worst performance of anybody on the show in his week that he set in. So, uh, we'll see what ends up, uh, happening, uh, with the picks over the weekend. I'm going to give you all my gambling picks thing. That's tough is my college football gambling picks uh, by and large have been really good. The ones that I give out on outkick, we're at 57% winners on the year. We went 8-2 and two last weekend. So I just haven't been able to translate that success to the show success. I don't know you, what's going wrong. I could have swore that you took the over on the Baylor game. because I should I, have. Yeah, I heard you talking about how your boy Petros was on the call and he had told you that it was going to be a really good game. So I woke up from my nap and it was 44 to nothing in like the first quarter. And I was like, wow, Clay's going to be happy. I think he took the over on this game. No, I took Baylor plus 14. I took the under on the Houston Texans game. The Houston Texans almost covered the under by themselves. And I took the under on the Virginia Tech-Georgia Tech game. I mean, it was not just a loss. It was three whitewashes. Forget calling me out on a Dodgers game. You need to call yourself out on the TV show What do you think I'm doing right now? I'm calling myself. You think I don't get called out on that show? The whole show is basically people ripping me. (laughs) That's true. I I love the way Rachel tortures you. I think you were better off with Holly Saunders in there flirting with you. Holly likes me more than Rachel does. I don't think there's any doubt. And really, I'm such a lovable person. Uh, I don't know how anybody can dislike me, Clearly. but evidently, Bonetta hates me. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis, weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. These three guys who bought off college players, guys who were in high school, gave money to their families in order for them to go to particular colleges. And the FBI got involved in investigating, and they are now all three of the people who were convicted in this case, a criminal case criminal case now all three of the guys who were involved in giving money to these high schoolers families are now going to federal prison for multiple years these guys all have families i'm of the belief i put my lawyer hat on here i'm of the belief that people should go to prison only in my opinion if they are making the country worse or less safe Right. So if there is a white collar crime that is insanely dangerous, that makes our country's economy less safe, put people in prison. If you are physically violent and you are a danger to the rest of society, go to prison. If you are paying a high school kid's family to go to college, I fail to see how there is a crime being committed here at all, other than potentially maybe tax evasion. If the federal government really wants to get involved, maybe you could say that's tax evasion. I just don't buy into the idea that these guys should go to jail for years. These are dads trying to make a living, and you're arguing to me that they deserve to be in prison for the next several years because they have a few guys out there who they believe deserve the money that they paid them. I, I just I think this is a fundamental wrong, and I think we spend a lot of time now in athletics everybody wants to be woke everybody wants to be a social justice warrior 
this is a story that directly connects to athletics. Why are so many athletes silent about this? So many athletes have sneaker contracts. So many athletes might well have been part of poor families and received money themselves for their family based on their talent when they were 16, 17, or 18 years old to go to a college. What is the harm in this from a societal perspective? I understand the argument that it's against NCAA rules, but NCAA rules are not crimes. What has happened with this jury is they have effectively codified NCAA rules as crimes, and they are now sending three men to prison. Prison. Because they gave money to poor families to go to a college. I don't buy into that being fraud at all. Uh, let me go to some of your calls. Let me start uh, with Rob in Kansas City. What's up, man? Not too much. What's going on? Hey, Clay, I love your show. Uh, on, this, on this topic, this is really crazy because there's no way those guys should ever went to prison for nothing. It, it, it feels like to me that the NCAA use them to do their dirty work. If you're a top athlete and you're getting twenty five, fifty thousand 50000 to award your family for you to make this school billions in the NCAA, billions of dollars, there should be no problem with it, whether it's through shoe deals or wherever how it is, there should be no problem with it. Especially, I'm a FanDuel fanatic. I play FanDuel just about almost every day. I'm a FanDuel uh, uh, fanatic. So I happen to go on FanDuel, and you know what they have on FanDuel now? College football with college football players, that's that's using their likeness. So you're going to tell me that you're going to throw some kids in jail or throw some guys in jail trying to help some kids out, but you're exploiting the college football players on FanDuel with professional players. This is insane. And I, if I was like, I'm like you, Clay, if I was on the jury, I would have hung that jury dry. We still would be in there. And they, those guys would never went to jail. I agree with you. I completely agree with that. And, and I, I mean, I'm curious. I, I, I don't know who this jury was. I'd love to know their makeup. Were they older, not sports fans? Because I feel like most sports fans have evolved in the direction of the callers so far. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. It's a confidence show, especially when we got Joel Klatt lined up to join us. He is in Oklahoma right now getting set to call what game? Joel, what game do you have this weekend? Kansas State, Oklahoma. All right, so Oklahoma. Let's talk about Oklahoma for a sec here. Uh, They had the loss, obviously, to Texas. They fired their defensive coordinator. They gave up 48 points to the Longhorns. I'm assuming you probably watched last night. West Virginia put the beat down on Baylor. It's the best West Virginia I've seen look all season. What's going to happen in the Big 12? Well, that's a great question. I think that Texas this week has a really tough game. Even though Oklahoma State is not great this year, and even though they lost to Kansas State, going up there at this this late in the season with Mike Gundy as their head coach just doesn't feel like an easy game for Texas. And so I think Texas is 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 ripe for potentially an upset. Maybe it happens this week. I think OU is playing incredible football. Uh, I think that they got basically beat because they couldn't get one stop. And remember now, they played Texas – on the, the back end of a three-game stretch in which they faced 87 snaps from Army, they faced uh, nearly 100 snaps uh, uh, from uh, the team right before that they played OU, and I'm blanking right now because it's so early in the morning. But <laughs> This is basically my entire based... show, by the way. It's one oh big blank spot for early in the morning I, discussion. I, I can't believe... 
You were to, uh, during the break. They had that uh, little promo deal where you were talking about like East Coast watching games. How do you yes. do it? I, I I'll tell you this right now. LeBron moving to the West Coast. Like I kind of got used to the fact that I didn't get to watch the games for the Warriors. But LeBron moving to the West Coast at the same time that the World Series is going on is utterly brutal. I mean, it is just so brutal for anybody on the East Coast to try to wake up. Uh, And it's not just that. It's doing the Lock It In show at the end of the day. Like, my show starts at 4, my day starts at 4.15. I do this show from 5 to 8 Central Time. And then I sit around and write and do everything else. And then I have to finish my day with Lock It In. Like, I bet I have in sports media the longest day of anybody out there. Uh, So it's no wonder that half the time I can barely remember what I'm saying. By the way, the team you're referring to, Baylor, who got whipped last night. Oklahoma beat them 66-33. to And that game lasted like nine hours. Yeah. So their defense had been on the field forever leading into that Texas game. And and that's part of the reason why they struggled so poorly. Uh, and they could not get a stop. Uh, this is a team that's not great uh, in third and short. They're not great in the red zone. And it came up came up to bite them, essentially. Um, and then West Virginia, I, I cannot get a beat on West Virginia. And, Clay, part of the reason is they go to Iowa State and they look like they can't play offense at all. Yep. And then last night there was a you know four or five-minute stretch where they scored four touchdowns and didn't Baylor didn't even lay a hand on them. I mean, it wasn't even – it wasn't even close, you know. They they just like it was it was unbelievable offensive efficiency. Any given week, I think that it, it could come down in one of those three teams' favor. Uh, I know that Texas Tech is technically still in it. I still think that they would be the the fourth position in those uh, four teams that I just talked about. And if I had to pick one right now, I think I, I trust Oklahoma more just because they've played without a great defense now for years. And and quite frankly, their quarterback is still the best player in the league in Kyler Murray. He's the second best player in the country, I believe, to Tua. And, and offensively, they are incredible. They are incredible. Um, I, I, they're averaging right now 8.7 yards per play. It's crazy. Which would break the Hawaii record for a season, which was 8.6 yards per play. Not even Alabama can say that they're averaging that uh, that many yards per play. Which, if you're doing anything better than Alabama this year offensively, that's incredible. <laughs> so I think I would lean Oklahoma, uh, team I'm seeing this week. Uh, but it's not by much, Clay. It really isn't because I think all of them have holes. All right, let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, You've called a lot of Big Ten games this year. You, like me, have also watched a lot of Big Ten games this year. I came on earlier this week, and I said, it looks eerily similar to me what's happening at Ohio State right now to what I saw happen at the end of Urban Meyer's tenure at Florida. I don't know what's rotten in Columbus right now in general, but I know when you go on the road and you give up 55 points to Iowa last year, and I know when you go on the road and you give up 49 to Purdue this year, something ain't right. What is going on at Ohio State? What do they need to fix? And most importantly, I would imagine for most people out there listening, can they fix it? Well, this is what's, to me, the most concerning part about Ohio State was that this is not a one-off. And it's not even really about the Iowa game so much as it is they've had the exact same issues with this team for four straight weeks going into the game I did against Minnesota. There, here, here was the things that they were struggling with. Big plays on defense, couldn't run the ball, couldn't punch it in when they were in the red zone. 
That's the exact same issues. So to me, that's a pattern. It's it's one thing if you go out there and one game all of a sudden you struggle and it's like, man, we got to go and fix that from, from last week. And then you can do that. But they've been saying that they need to fix these issues all season and they haven't been fixed. I think that that's more of uh, uh, the norm now for Ohio State than it is you know, an anomaly. So for, for my estimation, there's only one thing they do well, and that's throw the football. Dwayne Haskins is still pretty elite when he's throwing the football. The wide receiver core, Clay, is really good. They're veteran, they're talented, they're explosive, but their offensive line is not very good at all. Minnesota was getting all sorts of pressure on Dwayne Haskins. They can't run the ball at all. They haven't run it for three and a half yards per carry over the last five games. Uh, and then the big plays have just absolutely killed them. They've given up more plays of 30 or more yards than every team in college football except for two, Kent State and UConn. We're talking about Ohio State. Who gave you, by players. the way, that stat? That's an incredible stat. You should have to give a shout-out for whoever was looking through that. Steve Owens. Steve Owens go. is a uh, uh, Basically, he's my right-hand man. He does a lot of uh, our research, and, and we kind of tandem college football, and he does a great job. And now, there he sent is, me that earlier this week, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. That is an incredible stat. And, and I always say this. There are so many people, and a lot of times they don't get attention, behind the scenes who work in, in what we do. And we get to throw, toss a stat out like that, and people are like, oh, my God, because that's my reaction to that. That's an incredible stat. But most of the time – it's hard Here, to here's find another those one. Things. Do you want another one? Yeah, blow my mind. This is another Steve Owens stat. Uh, against Purdue, Dwayne Haskins threw the ball 73 times. 73. And he threw it for over 400 yards again. So that's three straight games of 400 yards. You could say, boy, you know, they're throwing the ball well. And I would even say they're throwing the ball well. By any measure, they're throwing the ball well. Well, did you know that over the last four games, Tua has thrown the ball 72 times? Just that alone is like, wow, Dwayne Haskins yeah. threw it in one game more than Tua threw it the last four. Makes kind of sense because Tua doesn't play in the fourth quarter. They don't have to throw it a lot. Well, how about in those 72 attempts? Keep in mind, Haskins, 73 attempts over 400 yards, right? Tua, 72 attempts. In his last 72 attempts, he's thrown the, the ball for 1,033 yards and 13 touchdowns. It's amazing. That's an amazing stat. I mean, that basically decides the Heisman Trophy for a lot of people. Not that there's that much uncertainty. Um, so we got the uh, we've got the Ohio State dynamic now, and the big question. And there were odds that came out on this from some of the offshores: is will Urban Meyer be back? Do you believe right now that Urban Meyer will be the head coach at Ohio State in 2019? I still do um, because he hasn't indicated at least to me that that you know the end is near i do think you know what you said earlier is absolutely true this does feel so similar to florida like all of a sudden they start struggling in ways that seem uh what's the word clay that seem more serious you know yeah i think it also like i'm telling you about like like this seems 
really bad. It's, it's it seems very structural, very structural yeah. of a struggle as opposed to, like you said, oh, we played poorly in this game. We're going to go like uh, get it fixed. It feels structural or foundational in the same way that when things went wrong at Florida, it was like the foundation around him collapsed. And I know it's early and look, they're seven and one and they could still win out and make the playoff and all those things are true. But it feels a little bit like a foundational struggle and structural collapse at Ohio State is in the way is in the works. And 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 then what is the similarity is you know there's there's a there's a health issue and and I'm not questioning the health issue but you know Urban when I talked with him you know there was clearly some some pain going on in his head. Um, so <laughs> I, I tell you it. it it's interesting. I'm, I'm not surprised that some of those offshores came out with some of those odds. Uh, the only thing that I'm surprised about those odds is that Ryan Day wasn't the number two odds man that Matt, Matt Campbell was. Yeah, Quite frankly, I mean, how much did that I think surprise Matt Campbell, you? Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest surprise to me uh, because I think Ryan Day would have a Lincoln Riley-esque succession, you know, and, and basically just kind of take over almost like a vice president. <laughs> a vice president versus going out and getting a whole new coach and coaching staff. Um, so that would be my thing that I'm surprised about. If Matt Campbell's going anywhere, guys, I think that, and, and the, this is wild speculation, but I think the NFL goes after Lincoln Riley super hard, and then if he goes anywhere, Matt Campbell would go to Oklahoma. You think uh, Lincoln Riley, like a guy like Jerry Jones, if he had to replace uh, Jason Garrett, that would be the kind of move that Jerry Jones might make? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a quarterback that's that's still young, that played in one of these style of offenses in college. Maybe he can get more out of Dak than what Jason Campbell is getting right now. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, Jason Garrett, excuse me. Um, so I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think Lincoln Riley is going to be the guy in college that everyone goes after because it's clear Nick Saban's not going to go anywhere. David Shaw's not going to go anywhere. But some of these guys, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to go anywhere. And quite frankly, I don't know if the NFL wants Jim Harbaugh uh, with the way that it ended in San Francisco. I think Lincoln Riley is going to be kind of the bell of the ball of the offseason in the NFL circles. Um, and we'll see if he stays. I will say this. I think coaching in college is better than coaching in the NFL. You might think I'm crazy out there, but other than Bill Belichick and, and for whatever reason, Marvin Lewis, tell me a guy that has job security in the NFL. Lincoln Riley, you know, you know, can be at Oklahoma for 10 or 15 years. He's already making, what is it, $4.78 million this year. Uh, it's going to continue to go up over the next few years. So you're, th- you're looking at, at a place where you can make legitimately clay, I believe, the way that he's going to get raises and potentially win and the way he's recruiting. You could legitimately make 90 or or $100 million if you're Lincoln Riley by being the Oklahoma head coach over the next 12 to 15 years. So why would you go to the NFL? That's an amazing about dollar figure to think about. Um, uh, by the way, Urban Meyer, six years at Florida. This is year seven at Ohio State. So even the timeline, very similar in terms of what happened there. And if you remember, obviously, at Ohio State, he wins the, uh, the national championship in year three. He won the national championship at year two at Florida and year four at Florida. Um, just, uh, just something worth paying attention to there. All right, the biggest game of the weekend – 
clearly Florida, Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia is going to win this game. I think Georgia is going to bounce back somewhat similar to what they did after they lost on the road by 23 to Auburn last year. They lose by 20 at LSU. Then they hit a bye week. They've had two weeks to stew over it. I think Georgia is significantly better than Florida, and I don't believe in Felipe Franks. I'm not so as good as Dan Mullen has been with him. I don't think he's a good enough quarterback to win against elite-level competition consistently. I know they beat LSU, but I don't think he can do it against Georgia. You buying that, or are you going the other way? No, I, I listen. I buy that. I, I I think that it might be closer than I think the line seven or eight right now. But I, I think it might be closer than that. Uh, I just don't think Georgia is as good of a football team as they were a year ago. And then the players that are the same players as last year aren't aren't producing what they did a year ago. Last year, Jake Fromm was one of the best quarterbacks in the country on third down, if not the best. This year, it's not not even close to that. And he has struggled. He has struggled. He only threw the ball for a little over 200 yards in their loss to LSU. They turned the ball over four times as a team, which that's that's the only way I think Florida keeps this close. Florida's in the top ten of the country in takeaways. They've got 18 takeaways on the year, and Georgia has struggled just a touch, in particular in that lost LSU, with ball security. Um, Florida's got the number one pass defense in the SEC, and Fromm's not necessarily the quarterback we've seen, so it wouldn't shock me if it's closer. Uh, I, 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 don't, I just don't think Georgia's the team that they were a year ago. But do I trust Felipe Franks in Florida to, enough to pick them? No, I don't. No, I don't at all. And I think Kirby's going to have that team ready to go. And if they, I mean, if they lose, who? I mean, think about this: if Georgia loses. Who in the world is the second-best team in the SEC? We're right back to where we were a year ago. Well, I think people would say it's LSU. We'll wait and see what happens in the uh, – Come on, though. I mean, really? LSU's had a nice run, but you think Joe Burrow is going to keep it close against two? No. No, I've already said on the show that I love Alabama minus 14, and I think that Bama's going to go in and crush them. But I think Bama is historically – I think Bama is a historically dominant team. I, I, yeah, I, I think agree. it's possible that this Alabama team could be the best team we have seen since the USC, you know, Trojan Dynasty era teams, and maybe even better than those. Uh, I know Texas that beat them was great, um, but uh, but I think Alabama should go fifteen and zero, and I think it's possible they go fifteen and zero, Joel, and beat everybody by double digits, which is just unheard of to even think about. In, now, in general. Here's an, here's an interesting thought, and I want you to just mold this over, okay? Because I, I would make the argument that outside of the quarterback position, they're actually not as good as any of the previous national championship teams, maybe save for the first one with Mark Ingram. Um, I don't think the defense is nearly as good as they've been in the past. I think even in the special teams, they've always – you know, been just okay in the special teams. So uh, one they flaw of the Alabama, well, they can't make field goals. They, they, they can't. They literally cannot get a field goal kicker, which is just incredible Amazing. to me because he's, yes. he's right now on, on a run that's the most successful run in, I think, the history of the sport, and yet he can't get a field goal kicker. It's yes. like, it, it blows my mind. Having said that, though, it just goes to show you the importance of the one position and the weight that we give that one position when we're talking about all-time greatness. You've got to be a great offense 
to be considered in the in the pantheon of greatness in college football. Because again, this Alabama team is not what it has been everywhere else except for quarterback. Except I for would, quarterback. I would say this. I think they're better at wide receiver than they've been. Now you can say, look, they had Amari Cooper, they well, had Calvin Ridley. I, I mean, think they're pretty deep. They've had it's Julio hard to ju- Jones. Yeah. They've had great individual wide receivers. I'm not sure I they've had Julio the overall and depth. Amari were both better than any of the wide receivers that they have now. Well, I mean, that's a high standard to meet, right? I, I think the depth of the wide receiving core is better than they've ever had before. And I, the, now the down, downside there is it's hard to judge because when you have a great quarterback, great quarterbacks make receivers, right? So yeah. uh, I think, for instance, Calvin Ridley last year would have been a top 10 pick beyond a shadow of a doubt if he had played with Tua all season long, right? He would have put up unbelievable numbers. I think you can You're see it, how well right. he stepped in with the Falcons and played. Um, and uh, instead, he had to deal with Jalen Hurts, who's a good quarterback, but he didn't really have the ability to push the ball down the field. All right, last question for you. Halloween is coming up. We won't talk to you till after Halloween, I think, next week. When is the last time you dressed up? You know what? I like I never dressed up. You're an anti Halloween costume guy, right? Well, not now. I've got six, four and two years old at home and my boys love it. I mean yes. absolutely love it. So the last few years I've been dressed up. I was the pig. Oh wow, this the, blows my uh, mind. Little pig and the big bad wolf. Uh, oh, my middle my son God. was the big bad wolf, so I was the pig. Um, I had a huge pink costume on, which was awesome. Um, last year, what was I last year? Oh, my gosh, I forget. I was something last year. And then this year, I'm going to be Donkey Kong because all my boys love Mario Brothers. So they're going to be like Mario, Luigi, Bowser. And oh, that's Donkey awesome. Kong. I uh, So we're having a Halloween party tonight. My wife has been planning this Halloween party. So uh, my costume, I think you'll appreciate this. I am Macho Man, and she is Miss Elizabeth. So we're doing a tandem <laughs> costume. And she has You're gone out and gotten... Man. Yeah, she has gone out and gotten like a 1980s uh, era prom dress, you know, like that Miss Elizabeth would have worn as she walked into the ring. And uh, I, I, obviously, 1980s wrestling, I loved everything about it. So I am, rest in peace, I am Macho Man. That's unbelievable. You know the best part about it, I, and, and I believe this 100% to be true, and I think all your listeners are going to follow me on this, uh, on this, and they're just going to be nodding along, whether they're you know already at work or in their car right now. What I'm about to say is 100% true of Clay Travis. In his heart of hearts, he believes he's Macho Man. I was just taking a, a sip of a drink and just spit it out. <laughs> I do kind of believe I'm Macho Man. Uh, By the way, I got murdered. Joel comes on Lock It In every Wednesday with us. I went 0-3 last night, and every bet that I made wasn't even close. They were done by halftime. I got dunked on. Like I can't. I'm nervous about going on the show because my it's the worst performance we've ever had. Oh well, listen. It's t- uh, isn't it tough to beat Todd though? It is tough to beat Todd. Like he's like the professional gambler. The question that I've got now is, are they going to fire me for not being good enough with my gambling picks? Like I, like, I don't know if anybody's ever gotten fired off a television show for poor performance of gambling picks. I might be the first guy. No, because you can be – listen, Clay, you know this to be true as well. Um, it, you know, Howard Stern always says that you got to be an A or an F. Yeah, you get fired for being average because then people would be like, well, I don't know if to hedge on this guy or I don't know if to take his pick. But now it's like, you're so bad. Everyone's just like, yep, go opposite. 
That's good advice. Blood bank uh, guarantees, man. Blood bank, blood bank guarantees. guarantees. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. It's a confidence show, especially when we bring in Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. 94.5 jocks down in Birmingham. Um, uh, LT, last night, are the Houston Texans unquestionably the best team in the AFC South now? Uh, in the AFC South, yes. And I'm not really surprised if you would have asked me this back in August. I thought Deshaun Watson was going to be an MVP-like player. You know, coming off the uh, the injury, I think there were question marks. And then, obviously, he's been banged up the entire year with the rib and lung injuries. But when he plays like he did last night, uh, clean football. Uh, the Texans, 4-for-4 four four in the red zone, turnover-free. They gave up zero sacks. He's got weapons. Um, and I'm sure you saw the number. He's now moved ahead of Dan Marino for the second-most touchdowns in NFL history after 15 games with 32. I mean, he's an impressive player. We saw him in college at Clemson. That's one of the reasons Dabo Sweeney was able to win a national championship. And it's funny, Bill O'Brien was squarely on a hot seat, and a lot of people believed he would be the first NFL head coach fired this year back in September. But this team's clicking right now. And, you know, they got a gift getting Brock Osweiler and the Dolphins rolling into Houston last night. So not a 100% Dolphin team, but uh, it's a pretty good Texan team right now. And obviously your Titans are going in the wrong direction. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm blown away with how bad they are right now. Do you think that DeAndre Hopkins is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL? Probably so based on this. When we talk about the top wide receiver, we talk about three guys. We talk about Odell Beckham, we talk about Antonio Brown, and we talk about Julio Jones. And nobody talks about Hopkins, and I really don't get it. I mean, all Hopkins does is make big plays. And, I, you know, I don't. It, it's not like you know, Odell's playing for a good team. Antonio Brown obviously is. Um, Julio Jones, it's one of the more amazing things when you really start to break down his numbers, physically dominant as that guy is, he never gets in the end zone. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, all he does is get in the end zone. So, yeah, he probably is the most underrated receiver out there. But I think everybody, it's funny, when you get through those top three, everybody's got DeAndre at number four. Yeah, and I think you just mentioned it. I mean, look, uh, Antonio Brown gets to play with Ben Roethlisberger. You've got Eli Manning's a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Even people who want to rip Eli have to acknowledge that he's a pretty good quarterback. And obviously Matt Ryan has put up huge statistics in the passing game. Should have won a Super Bowl a couple of uh, years ago if they hadn't been able – they hadn't choked down the stretch against the Patriots. Um, and yet DeAndre Hopkins – I mean, I think now is the answer. Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback that he's ever played with. But how many guys in general, I mean, you look at the list of quarterbacks that he's caught passes from, he's been able to perform for everybody on a pretty decent level. Yeah, I I would agree with even even guys like Brock Osweiler. Yeah, that's right. Uh, All right, uh, let's shift gears here a little bit to college football. Biggest game by far, I think, on the college football calendar, Florida, Georgia, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Incredible event to go to uh, for people out there who've never been and think, I'd like to put something on the sports bucket list. I've been, I think, three or four different times. Every time, an incredible uh, incredible environment. Just an awesome weekend to go watch a big-time football rivalry. What happens this weekend in your mind between Florida and Georgia? You know, it's a tough game based on the last time we saw Georgia out. Um, They looked awful against LSU. And Jake Fromm, a quarterback that I really love, and his ability to manage big game situations, you know, as a true freshman last year, and I thought he would be even better this year, played arguably his worst game of his Georgia career last week or two weeks ago against LSU. Uh, Georgia 
just isn't the same on defense. Fewer sacks in the SEC with only nine right now. Uh, you look at Florida, they're playing with a ton of confidence. They haven't lost since that Kentucky game. And when you look at Georgia's struggles throwing the football, you look at Florida, they're sixth in passing yards allowed, only allowing 160 per game. They're getting it done, forcing turnovers, seventh in turnover margin right now with 18 forced turnovers. Not only is Dan Mullen winning football games right now, Clay, he's covering. Guy 6-1 and one against the number this year. And you look at Kirby, he hasn't sent you to the window much. They're 3-4 and four against the number. The thing for Georgia, not only is that front seven struggling, but no Nick Chubb, no Sony Michelle. It's been much different this year with Holyfield and Swift. They're just not running the football nearly as effectively, and that's putting a lot of pressure on Jake Fromm. Um, I think it's a dangerous spot for Georgia. I'm going to say the Bulldogs find a way to win it, but this number sitting on seven. Um, I think if you're getting seven, you might feel pretty good about it with the Florida Gators. It's a tough game to handicap, though. When you look at the Big Ten right now, speaking of tough to handicap, the Big Ten West is a total mess. You could make an argument for Purdue, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Iowa. There's a lot of different teams all kind of even bunched up at the top of the Big Ten West. In the East, it now appears, I'm curious if you agree with me, that Michigan should be the favorite based on what we saw happen to Ohio State on the road against Purdue. Who's going to win the Big Ten? What games kind of jump out at you from that conference this weekend? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I said it. I don't get a lot right, but I said before the year I thought Michigan would win the Big Ten and they would get to the college football playoff. And I'm not a huge Jim Harbaugh guy, and I know we've talked about how overrated he is based on his contract. But you can't uh, deny the way they're playing defensively right now. And going back last week in East Lansing with that complete mess of a, a game before and, and after, Brian Lewerke was 5 of 25. That's pathetic. And I know he doesn't have any wide receivers right now, any healthy wide receivers. Uh, but 5 of 25, when you've got the experience of Lewerke, is just inexcusable. Michigan State, 15 rushing yards. I don't think Shea Patterson's uh, even close to an elite quarterback right now, but he's more comfortable playing for Jim Harbaugh. And that's a team that is rolling right now. And I saw an early number on Ohio State-Michigan. Ohio State's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And, uh, you know, anytime you can grab Ohio State uh, less than a field goal in Columbus, you got to feel pretty good. But not after what I saw in West Lafayette this past week. Ohio State is complete mess. I mean, David Blau just uh, lit them up. And, and on the other side, you know, uh, Purdue's defense was able to handle Ohio State. And anytime Ohio State's throwing the football 72, 73 times, I should say, they're not going to win games. So I think Michigan's by far your favorite um, in, in looking this weekend. You know, I think Iowa-Penn State's an interesting game. You know, Iowa has only trailed on 69 plays this season. That's second fewest in the FBS, only behind Alabama. Which, by the way, Clay, if you're wondering, Alabama's only trailed three plays this entire year. That's an amazing stat. It really is. Uh, you know, in Penn State, they've underachieved this year with Trace McSorley. I mean, sitting at 2-2 two and two in the conference right now. Um, that's another one of those tricky games to handicap. I've got a feeling Penn State will win that game against Iowa, which will drop them to 3-2. and two. I think if you go back and you played Iowa-Wisconsin again, I think Iowa probably wins that game. Um, but Wisconsin-Northwestern this weekend, Northwestern's so one-dimensional, they can't run the football. And I know Wisconsin has really underachieved this year under Paul Chris, but they're still sitting at 5-2, and two, and if they get the win on the road, you know they'll be sitting at 4-1, and one, and they'll kind of control their own destiny there in the West. So I think it'll end up being Wisconsin and Michigan, and I think Michigan will win the Big Ten. All right, let me, uh, let me give you a hypothetical here. You love hypotheticals. Who is more likely to be back and or whichever direction you want to take it, more likely to not be back? Gus Malzahn at Auburn, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Okay, Urban Meyer, and, and it's funny you ask this because I've, I've, thought, I've thought this question in my head before, and, and actually it was this week, because Urban Meyer's just wearing stress. 
And I think there are people that can handle stress, and there are people that can handle stress. And when you're the head coach at Ohio State, you got to be able to handle stress. And he's just not doing a good job of it right now. And look, I know it feels like the the world has fallen if you're an Ohio State fan, but they're still sitting at seven and one. And realistically, if they went out, more than likely based on brand, they'll find a way to get back to the college football playoff. Uh, he just doesn't seem happy right now. And based on the cloud that still surrounds Columbus. Um, I would say that Malzahn survives longer just based on this. I think Malzahn's going to be 6-6 six and six this year, which is completely pathetic because they more than likely will lose to A&M. They're going to lose to Georgia, and they're going to lose to Alabama. But you've still got that $32 million buyout there. And just because they signed that ridiculous contract last December, I think Malzahn will be safe at least for one more year. And I just don't know if Urban Meyer can grind through another year of this stress. So right now I would say Malzahn, which is just incredible to think about, if you would have gone back a year ago today. If Arkansas is not pursuing Gus Malzahn, is there any way that Auburn signs him to that insane contract? Uh, zero chance, Clay. And I'll never forget, I was at the SEC championship game in Atlanta, Auburn and Georgia. And, you know, I had heard from, from some different sources that Malzahn was going to Fayetteville. He was going to sign the deal with Arkansas. And I think Auburn just flat out panicked. They didn't know who they were going to get. And when you start to break down the numbers, I think Malzahn's been average. Average at best. Had a great first year where they played for a national championship. Last year was really good. Albeit, when you look at the two big-time signature wins, it was Georgia, it was Alabama, both of those games in Jordan-Hare. But Malzahn's one of these guys that, you know, in between just, you know, four and five loss seasons, and we're probably going to see at least a five loss season this year, more than likely a six loss season. But he's beaten Nick Saban twice, and he's been able to recruit at a decent enough level. I mean, I'm talking about top 10, top 15 recruiting classes. When it's such a small state, I don't know anybody else that really could keep pace with, with Nick Saban. So I think there was some panic. You know, who are we going to be able to go, go out and get a guy that, you know, every two or three years can beat Nick Saban and a guy every two or three years that can play for an SEC championship? Um, I still, again, don't think Gus Malzahn's a very good coach. I think he's at, I should say he's a good coach. He's not an elite coach. He doesn't deserve the money he's making right now. But I just think there was a lot of panic, and you're dead on. If Arkansas didn't have the flirtation, if there were, wasn't word that he was going to uh, be Arkansas's next head coach, I don't think there's any chance he gets that deal. Ridiculous question, but Megan Kelly potentially is going to get $69 million as a buyout at NBC. You just said Gus Malzahn's going to get $32 million. If Auburn had to pay out $32 million to Gus Malzahn, worst contract to have signed, Megan Kelly having to pay her $87 million, I think, for effectively one year, including a $69 million buyout, or Gus Malzahn at Auburn getting $32 million bought out. Well, I think Malzahn's could end up being the worst coaching contract, um, you know, if not in sports, definitely in college football. But I think there's a thousand other girls that can do what Megan Kelly does. And as I say that Gus Malzahn is an average coach uh, to a good coach, uh, you know, there's probably only, you know, 50 to 100 guys that really can do what he has been able to do, at least, you know, trying to keep up with a guy like Nick Saban. So I would say Megan Kelly getting the $69 million. And you know girls in, in uh, you know, different networks that are working their way up in different markets. I mean, there, there's thousands of Megan Kellys out there. I, I actually disagree there because I think being that good on television when she had her show on Fox News is rare. And I think she's good enough that she makes it look easy. 
But I do think that the worst decision is having to pay her out $69 million because everything surrounding that has been a disaster, right? Her show didn't rate. It didn't make sense to move her to mornings. Like, at least Gus Malzahn has been in an SEC championship game, and he's been in a national championship game. So if you have to buy out Gus Malzahn, you can point to him at his current job having a lot of success. But I think the level of, like, being really good at live television is rare. And so uh, I, I think if you have a good staff and you can read off a teleprompter, you can fake it for a while, but sooner or later you get exposed if you're not really smart at that job. So I think she's actually pretty pretty talented, but, man, what a whiff that was on her uh, television Yeah, well, show. I shouldn't take away from her. I, look, I agree she's talented, but I'm just saying, I mean, I, I've, I've known some girls in some smaller markets that have good charisma that, that can get in front of the camera and can take it over. And I'm just saying with that kind of experience, once they get comfortable, I think there's some some girls that could definitely do what she's able to do, and to get 69 million, we're talking about more than twice uh, what Gus Malzahn would get on the buyout. Here is here is honestly, yeah, what I think. We have reached this superstar era where I think the NBA is a great example of it in the world of sports. You either make like an insane amount of money in the NBA or you're like a, you know, you don't make, I mean, you make a good living, but it's not like you're on a different stratosphere. Baseball is another good example. Like Bryce Drew, or sorry, Bryce Harper is going to go out and make God knows how much money to be uh, as a free agent in baseball. And then there's a lot of guys on his team who will be making literally like 5% of his overall salary. That happens now in media. You got like Howard Stern making $100 million a year or whatever he was making at Sirius XM. And I'm not sure there's anybody else in radio making more than 20 right now. Right. I mean, like and 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 then there's a few guys making 20 and then there's very few guys and there's a ton of guys like scratch, you know, scratching it out, making 45 K like the flow chart of of dollar signs is wild when you look at superstars and in industries now. And I think that's kind of emblematic of Megyn Kelly uh, overall. All right. What is your favorite pick? Let's go back to the NFL. I'm going to make you the uh, you are the GM right now of uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You are going on. You're already in London. Uh, you got Brock. Uh, you got Blake Bortles. What do you do? You, we talked about how the Texans now are the prohibitive favorite. They're five and three. The Jags are three and four. The Titans are three and four. What do you do with Blake Bortles? You gave him talk about big contracts that are not deserved. Fifty four and a half million dollars. Do you make a move? Do you look at Teddy Bridgewater? Do you talk about trying to get away Eli from the Giants? Do you maybe look uh, out at Sam Bradford or Derek Carr? God forbid, do you break the glass and go get Colin Kaepernick? What do you do if you are sitting right now with the Jags at 3-4 and four with Blake Bortles? Well, I know it's baffling right now that you've lost uh, three consecutive games and four of the last five. In the last three games, you've only scored 28 points. But let's not forget, you know, if you let Bortles air it out in the second half against New England in the AFC Championship game, they're in the Super Bowl, and there's a chance they win the Super Bowl last year. You've got a game against the Eagles, as you mentioned, in London this week, and if you look at the numbers, Blake Bortles has been unbelievable in London, which is kind of a weird stat to look at. But he's It's the been perfect great. Blake Bortles stat that he would be better in London than he is in Jacksonville. Yeah, but then, you, you know, let's just say that he plays up to Blake Bortles' standards in London across the pond. Uh, then you've got games against the Colts home game against Steelers, Bills, Colts again, your Titans, Redskins at home, at Dolphins. I mean, the schedule really opens up. You've invested the $54 million. I don't think you make any rash moves right now. 
Uh, again, this is the guy that was playing his best football last year. Bring in a sports psychologist. Find out what's wrong with the guy between the years. He's getting the $54 million. Um, I still think Blake Bortles can be a decent quarterback. I never would have said that before I saw what he was able to do down the stretch last year. But based on the way this schedule kind of lays out for Jacksonville, and they're sitting at three and four uh, again, Houston's playing great football, getting to their you know getting to five and three. But if you win this game, you're you're only a game back right now. So um, I don't think you panic. I know they're coming off the loss to the Texans last week, uh, but they've still got the Texans again coming up uh, in December. So I kind of hold hold on Blake right now. We're talking to uh, Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. You can go follow him there. You can also listen to him, 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. All right, last question for you. What's your favorite pick in the uh, NFL, and what's your favorite pick in college football as the weekend uh, is basically here? Um, in the NFL, it's, it's kind of a tricky board this weekend. And I've kind of gone back and forth on, on a few different games, but I kind of like the Vikings on Sunday night. The reason I say this, I'm a big Rams fan, as you know, and I'm going to be in New Orleans next week for that Rams-Saints matchup, and it just seems too perfect. The Rams are going to be undefeated after they take care of Green Bay, and New Orleans only with one loss you know, for supremacy in the NFC. So I think Minnesota, although they're not healthy, um, I think Minnesota at home on Sunday night, I think they get the Saints the way the Saints are playing. Two really difficult back-to-back road games for the Saints, able to come back in the second half against the Ravens last week. So I like Minnesota at home. And then in college, my favorite game on the board last week, was Washington State. They had the 27-0 lead. Uh, we were kind of lucky to hang on in the second half after the Ducks come back, but we did get home with Washington State. But Washington State, if they get by Stanford this weekend, there's a good chance they could go into the Apple Cup with only one loss. They win that game, win Pac-12 championship, sitting at 12-1. and It's a team that could get into the 14 playoff, but I think they lose this week on the form. I like Stanford minus the three, probably my favorite game in college. I know I said uh, last question, but you just mentioned that you're going to New Orleans and you will be down there for the uh, Alabama at LSU game. Early line on that game, which will obviously be a huge topic next week, is 14 points. Bama minus 14 uh, on some of the early lines coming out a week in advance. I got to take Bama minus 14. You've watched these two teams play pretty much every game. How would you play it? You're going to be there in person watching it. What's the What's the decision? Well, somebody called me yesterday, and they said, and this is kind of well-documented, you probably know this, uh, Alabama's 8-0 against the number in the first half this year. And they asked me what that first half number would be, and I said, well, based on the fact that it's 14, they're going to inflate it a little bit, um, it's probably going to be 8.5, maybe 9. If you can get Bama under double digits for a first half, Oh. And especially coming off a bye with Tua and, and the way he's played in the first half. And, you know, Alabama just seems to be up 14-21-nothing in the first five minutes of every game. So, yeah, I probably lay the points. I mean, Joe Burrow hasn't seen a team like Alabama. Um, they're not going to be able to score with Alabama. And, I, you know, although it's the first true test and it's a great atmosphere, and I know you've been there before, and LSU's going to be really fired up coming off a bye on their own, um, I just don't think there's any way you can't play Bama right now. No, I agree. Uh, I think you're exactly right. LT, appreciate the time. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. Good luck on the gambling. Uh, You too, Clay. See you, man. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let me give you my 10 gambling picks right now. Get your pens ready. We went 8-2. and We are 57% on the year. Pretty solid. Uh, So here we go. Let's cue the music, boys. Guess who's back? It's time. A.K.A. Mr. Make It Rain on him. For Clay Travis to make us rich. I'm rich! Including the legendary, famous, well-known, talk of the town, most celebrated... I'd buy that for a dollar. Blood. Bank. 
TNT. I think Georgia is going to beat Florida by over a touchdown. Double digits in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I also like the under in this game. I like A&M to win outright at Mississippi State. I think they're the better team. I think the wrong team is favored here. I also love the under in this game as well. Mississippi State, here's a, an idea for you. Mississippi State has played against FBS competition so far five times. Here are the totals in those five games. 41, 35, 19, 32, and 22. That's a lot less than 45 and a half where I initially gave this out. And... I also think you got two of the top 22 defenses in all of college football. Points at a premium, to be sure. Purdue's on the road against Michigan State. Purdue's going to win this one outright. Just trust me. They're the underdog. couple of points right now. Purdue's going to beat Michigan State outright. Clemson at Florida State. I think this line's way too high. Florida State has righted the ship a little bit. I don't think they're a great team. I'm not even sure they're a good team. But I think 17 points at home in a night game too much for Clemson to be favored in. I think Florida State covers that line. Uh, Vanderbilt at Arkansas. I've got the over 52 in this game. Both these teams are going to score. Uh, also, I have got the uh, Tennessee at South Carolina game. I think Tennessee keeps this game close. The last six in this series. The last six in this series have all been decided by six points or less. I think that continues as well. And finally, finally, Double blood bank guarantee. I think Mizzou is going to blow out Kentucky. I think Mizzou is going to win this game by 20 points tomorrow against Kentucky. They are a six and a half point favorite ish right now. I also like the over. I like Mizzou and the over. The very rare tap the veins double blood bank guarantee. Kentucky at Missouri. I am on Mizzou. There you go. The double blood bank guarantee taking you into the weekend to make everybody rich. I believe we are on tap. Several different things that are going well. So first of all, that's 10-0. and 0. That's all the gambling picks. I hope all of you got them written down. If you didn't, you can go on outkick.com, my website, and check it out. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.